0: history makes me wonder how I'll fit into it one day, I guess. And you too. I kinda wish people still wrote like that. History, huh? That we could make some. Hi, my name is Autumn Owens, and you're listening to the podcast Angry Nerd Reviews, a podcast where I very heatedly go off about books I read for longer than I should be. I'd also like to clarify that this is completely sponsored by the copious amounts of sugary food uh, that I ate to stay up and record this. Anyway. The book that I'm going to be droning on about today is called Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston, and it's a new adult novel with a lot to say about politics and societal norms. In the novel, main character Alex is the first son of the United States. In a series of unfortunate events, he and Prince Henry. Uh, cause an international incident at a royal wedding and are set up to improve international relations in a series of staged public appearances that they are not at all happy about. Though they differ in many ways an unlikely friendship forms, and from that, something more. In a beautiful and strange series of events, Alex and Henry stumble into a relationship that puts both of their lives at great risk as they know them, and it conveys the struggle to stay true to yourself above all else. Three specific categories I've found are crucial to the understanding of this novel are plot, theme, and characters and conflicts, those two together. Uh, because I have zero self-control, I'll be adding both my own personal connections as well as connections to current politics and the state they were in during the writing of this book to help you further understand its contents and importance. To kick things off, the first category of analysis I want to cover on this book is Plot, uh, mostly because I think that'll set up the grounds to build characters' personalities uh, based on your knowledge of what they went through during the story, and also just generally sets up the tone of it for you. In the story, the most memorable moments within the introduction chapters are the foreshadowing scene in Zara, a Secret Service agent, telling Alex not to cause an international incident at a royal wedding, and Alex promptly and efficiently doing so. Alex has a very strong and (coughs) negative (coughs) opinion on Prince Henry, uh, and when they end up in a fiery debate at the punch table of a royal wedding, uh, the situation escalates quickly, and they end up knocking over a $75,000 cake. Yeah, you heard me. $75,000. Okay, it's ridiculous. Anyway, in the wake of this sweet scandal, Alex and Henry are forced to make the U.S. and the U.K. stable again uh, and begrudgingly exchange numbers in the process. In a dangerous turn of events during one of their public appearances, the two of them are shoved into a closet (laughs) (laughs) at the threat of a shooter and Alex is hit with the shocking realization that Henry is not exactly who he he thinks he is. To be honest, a part of Alex's characterization that really made him seem more genuinely human to me was the fact that, despite being a minority and someone who is frequently criticized by the public, he's still very shallow when it comes to judging others and refuses to believe a royal family member could have a personality or, god forbid, be oppressed like he is in some way. Following these appearances, Alex and Henry text back and forth and develop an odd friendship of sorts. And by the time they see each other again at the White House Youth Ball, they're verging on something more. In the quiet of the courtyard, Henry kisses Alex, and you guessed it, promptly runs away and ghosts him for two weeks. When Alex finally gets sick of Henry's ungentlemanly behavior, um, he corners him in another social event, and some not-so-school-friendly things happen up against a portrait of Alexander Hamilton. This detail (laughs) was personally funny as hell to me, because... I mean, if you're someone who's read up on American history, you know that Alexander Hamilton was a founding father of the US, an immigrant, and widely accused of having a love affair with his best friend and fellow soldier John Lawrence. Bonus points, Alex is actually named after him, okay? Symbolic and comedic gold. Over the next six or so months, they see each other as often as they can get away with, but a threat arises when Alex's family friend joins the opposing campaign just as Alex's mom's party is struggling to get her reelected for her second term. Mm. When Rafael Luna betrays the Claremont Diaz family, a series of rapid political scandals dwindle her chances at a second term, and at the peak of these events, Alex and Henry's relationship is exposed on WikiLeaks and blows up in both nations. This was one part of the book that I, genuinely, I, w- I was really genuinely confused about because at the time it didn't occur to me, that it could be anything but Luna's fault that they were outed and with Luna himself being gay and knowing what it's like to be outed, especially in a political scene, it seems like a violation of LGBT content to me, to be honest. Um, following this, Henry is forced into radio silence by the Queen, who I'm, I despise, I hate her, um, <laughs> and the White House is forced to fly Alex to London to get consent for a public acknowledgement of their relationship. After a day of, like, total chaos, a meeting is called to negotiate with the Queen in an attempt to allow Henry to come out, and Henry's mother, who had been distant since her husband's death, finally stands up for her son. Though she was supportive, this personally enraged me a bit, because conditional support is something I've always found very unfair. Like, you don't get to pick and choose when you're supportive of your child and when you stay quiet to avoid conflict or a negative rep you either love all of them or you reevaluate what your priorities are looking like anyway um once queen douche uh has been thoroughly threatened and told off for being borderline abusive uh Henry's mother gives him the okay to tell the world properly about him and Alex and they make a live announcement video coming out <laughs> about the truth regarding their relationship cue my sobbing as the situation dies down, it's revealed that Raphael Luna infiltrated the Claremont family's opposing candidate's party to reveal a long history of sexual abuse, as well as their political play of outing Alex to gain votes. And votes pour in for Alex's mom at the news. In the satisfying conclusion of the novel, Alex's mother wins the election, and together, Alex and Henry walk into the Claremont family's childhood home. Fade to black. Cue the applause. An emotional finish. Uh, I'm actually making jokes to hide the fact that I cried like a baby at this conclusion. I think the most satisfying part of the conclusion is actually in that earlier in the book, Alex gives Henry his ring from his father uh, as a symbol of love, and without thinking, Alex puts it on the chain next to the key from his childhood home, uh, claiming it was two homes in one place, quote. Uh, and then... In the end it all kind of ties back together and Alex walks into his childhood home with Henry, who has become one of his new homes. Or maybe I'm just over analyzing it a little bit, but it's okay. Anyway! <laughs> <laughs> Leading off of that obnoxiously long plot analysis and summary, Um, and with the knowledge that Alex and Henry have gone through a lot, and, like, the knowledge of their struggles still fresh in your mind, I'd like to formally introduce my next rant topic regarding this book. Theme! Truly the bane of my existence, but it's fine because this book has actual meaningful themes. The strongest and most prevalent theme that popped out to me in the reading of this novel is by far the idea that love can transcend the boundaries set by society. Personally, I believe I was a little biased going into the reading of this book because I'm automatically very happy that there's any LGBT rep at all, but the difference is that this book was actually good. The theme I mentioned popped out at me multiple times throughout the story, especially in the mothers of Alex and Henry. Naturally, mothers are supposed to love their children regardless of who they are and what people will think, but the fact is that Alex and Henry's mothers are public figures who are expected to uphold very specific social values. In Alex's mother's case, her support is especially miraculous because she's willing to put her public image and even her presidency on the line to allow Alex to be who he is without a second thought about it. One of my favorite quotes that shows this is from a scene where Alex and his mom have a heartfelt conversation about who Alex is, and his mom tells him, Here's the thing. I know I put a lot on you, but I do it because I trust you. You're a dumbass, but I trust you, and I trust your judgment. I promised you years ago I would never tell you to be anything you're not. So I'm not going to be the president or the mother who forbids you from seeing him. This is my personal favorite example of how love transcended the boundaries set by society in this book because his mother could very well have told him to shut that part of himself away and tell no one. To break it off with Henry and quit being stupid and jeopardizing her run. But instead she just flat out accepted him, no strings attached. The way she accepted him so readily struck me pretty hard because, in my own experience, I've never had unconditional acceptance from my own parents. I find you can be accepting of LGBT plus people in general, but for most parents it's a different story if it's with their own child, mine included. The love Alex's mother has for him helps her handle his coming out with grace and it really put a smile on my face. One more exhibit of this scene that I believe is worth mentioning is the way the public reacted to Alex and Henry's relationship being exposed without their consent. As Alex and Henry fight with the Queen over whether or not Henry gets the right to come out or not, um, Henry's mother throws open the curtains and the sight described outside the window hits hard. Down on the mall in front of the Buckingham Palace, there's a mass of people with banners, signs, American flags, Union Jacks, Pride pennants, streaming over their heads. It's not as big as the royal wedding crowd, but it's huge, filling up the pavement and pressed up to the gates. This stood out to me a ton, because the whole argument behind the Queen denying Henry the option to come out was simply that the general public wouldn't approve. And yet, endless support is being poured out to them, all because a good portion of society either identified with their story or knew someone who did. That's... One of the beautiful things about love, I think, we all love something or someone in a way that makes us capable of connecting with others, even if it's in a very minuscule amount of people. We build communities and stories that continue to grow and outlive us, all in the name of sharing with and connecting to others. In my opinion, that is one of the most complex and important ways that love transcends society's boundaries. And this book is a perfect example of it, especially because the author wrote it to connect with other LGBT youth during the roughest parts of the 2016 election. The last aspect of this book that I'd like to cover is the importance of its characters and its conflicts. Because I thoroughly believe that a good set of characters and character development can either make or break a book. And the part of this book that I'm most connected to was by far Alex and Henry's struggles with both themselves and others, as well as how they grew into their own skin. To start things off, I want to compare and contrast Alex and Henry's family dynamics because I think their core values and experiences can be found in the way that they were raised without much trouble. Alex grew up in a mixed-race household in the heart of Texas, and the pride his family holds for having origins in both Texas and Mexico City runs very, very deep. His parents were always on the progressive side of politics, and from a very young age, he was reminded that no matter how important his parents became, he was allowed to be who he was without question or second thought. The way his family taught him to be proud of who he was and the people in Alex's life who he saw struggle for footing in the world due to their race, gender, sexuality, and more, shaped Alex's goals in life. And one of my favorite quotes to show his determined selfless nature is this. Alex's whole reason for wanting to go into politics when he knows so many past presidential sons and daughters have run away screaming the minute they turned 18 is... He genuinely cares about people. Alternately, Henry's childhood and the core values of his family were very, very different from Alex's. The royal family is about as pure-blooded and scripted as a family can be. Every child is supposed to grow up and just fit into the role of their gender as the queen sees fit. Henry's mother went against that, and married a suitor the Queen didn't like, and when he died, she kind of stopped being there for her kids. This left Henry to figure out how to navigate being a gay heir with no parent to guide him. The Queen and Henry's brother Philip both used their power over him to keep him quiet, and over time Henry learned that despite this, he was still capable of connecting with and doing good for kids like himself, seen in my personal favorite example of his kindness. Henry's been telling Alex for months about their plans to go international, and now they're talking three refugee programs around Western Europe, HIV clinics in Nairobi and Los Angeles, LGBT youth shelters in four different countries. It's ambitious, but since Henry still staunchly covers all his own expenses with his inheritance from his father, his royal accounts are untouched. He's determined to use them for nothing but this. I think that the conflicts their family and social situations in particular presented are a very core part of understanding and connecting to this novel, and I personally got very attached to Henry because I identified with his family's like rigid expectations of who he had to be and how one person made him strong enough to stand up to the majority of his life. The way his conflicts with his family played out Helped him realize that he deserved to love himself just as much as anyone else deserves to. And I think that's a conclusion that many LGBT kids deserve to come to. As I draw to the end of my disgustingly long ramble about two useless gays in love... I'm allowed to say that because I am one. I'd like to lay out some closing thoughts on the book. All in all, this novel is truly my all-time favorite, and I'd recommend it to almost anyone, save for boomers, maybe. (coughs) Read this, please, Miss, I'm begging you. (laughs) The banter is, like, quick-witted and funny. The romance is beautifully developed. The characters are relatable, and there are plenty of modern-day political references to make you mad. I've read it three times and I'm still not sick of it yet, so it really just is that good. A well-developed, healthy, and realistic portrayal of an LGBT couple is not a common thing in literature, so I appreciated this novel and its dynamic so, so much. I could honestly go on and on about how beautifully executed this story is, but alas, I am already far over the time limit, and one can only eat so much sugar at midnight before their speech becomes incoherent. So instead, I'm just going to say thanks so much for listening to what I had to say, and have a good night. Peace out.